0: This is the Your Money Hour Podcast. I am your host, Dakota Grady. Hey y'all, welcome to the show. No matter where you are around the world, thank you for joining us. So if you need help with your personal finances, you're struggling, you're worried, you're stressed out, and you want to go on vacation, but you are so stressed because you got the money, I'm your guy. Contact me today at DakotaGrady.com. And also, tax season is over, but for us people who do taxes, for us who do taxes, the struggle continues <laughs> and people who file extensions, we still deal with the taxes. So if you haven't filed your taxes yet, there's still time and you may pay your penalty, but you need to file your taxes. But if you get a refund, you don't have to worry about paying a penalty. But if you don't get a refund, you owe it in the past. Just make sure you know that you're going to pay a penalty. But if you need help with your taxes, contact me today at thecodegrader.com, contact me today. So today's guest is Miss Tracy Fleming. She is a pastor, a wife, I guess a Mimi, right? Mom. A mom. And she's also a an entrepreneur as well. So I know Tracy from it was eventually like an indirect relationship. I'd say I was on the radio and a friend of ours heard me on the radio and then kicking at me with Tracy and Sandra. So here we are. So Tracy, without further ado, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Dakota. Uh, What a great opportunity uh, it is to come and share just a few moments with you. Uh, First, I wanna say thank you for all that you contribute to the accounting world, uh, to the social media platform where you make light of and keep us laughing even with everyday situations where we are blundering and making some major mistakes, even with our finances. But um, I'll just kind of reintroduce myself. Dakota did a great job. I am uh, Tracy Fleming. I don't like to say that I wear many hats. I believe that what I do kind of emerge into one thing about uh, who I am. So I am a pastor. Um, in Easley, South Carolina. I am a mom and I am a Mimi as well. The Mimi, I'll let you guys figure out what that is. Uh, I am a wife and yes, I am an entrepreneur, which I have been for many years. Uh, I am a certified QuickBooks Pro Advisor uh, with QuickBooks, uh, which is an automated accounting software. And I have been for maybe 15, 20 years when people was not even thinking about QuickBooks. Uh, I got started because I was newly appointed to um, an administration position at church. And uh, that administration position position involved getting their financial reports and reporting in order. And um, I did some research and I found out that QuickBooks was a great way to go. So I started. Uh, with uh, my local church, and it just kind of moved and expanded from there. Um, I have extensive background in credit and finance and accounting, um, so I've always been in that side of the business, but uh, I left Ford on a nice severance package, and Stayed at home for a year and decided to do my own thing, and I have not looked back. So, <laughs> in a nutshell, that's a little bit about me.
0: Wow! So then, when I first met you, I was like, "Well, how did you go from being a pastor to doing accounting?" Like, talk about that story right there.
1: Okay, so um, I, in fact, in May, I'll be celebrating 14 years of pastoralship. Um, I have been in ministry. And um, my faith is my foundation. I've been in church all, literally all of my life. Um, that's kind of the joke about the baby sister. Everybody else was doing everything else, but I was in church. I love God. Uh, he is the source of my everything. And without him, I would be nothing. So. That kind of settles that part for me Uh, back in 2007 i started a women's group called powerful living women's ministry and we would meet once every every fourth friday of the month and we would just kind of do that we would empower women Uh, we would have guest speakers in from the community Um, everything from how teaching women everything how to shop for an insurance policy to how to uh start your own business and you know we would apply the word and look at it from a biblical base and i had a staff of about 10 10 women at that time um and it just i knew that god was calling me to lead his people to shepherd his people i knew without a doubt i just didn't know all of the details about it but that women's ministry was just kind of a natural progression from the women's ministry. And I actually planted a church in 2009 and mm. uh, 14 years later, uh, this is where God has really blessed us. We purchased property out in easily beautiful, uh, property there and God is growing the ministry and you know, God is growing me. So that's kind of the progression. Um, Along the way, when you plant a church, you don't walk into a ministry or church where you've got a half million dollar budget. You kind of have to fundraise and come up with ideas how to raise that money. Mm -hmm. I wanted to spend more time doing ministry and less time clocking in on somebody's clock. So I began praying, asking God, and I already had the tools and the resources. I just didn't realize I had them. Um, But uh, little did I know that what I was already doing could actually help supplement my income from the church. So I would be my own boss, I could free my time up so that I could give more time to ministry. Um, It was just the small things for me. If someone passed away, I wanted to be able to go when I wanted to go to that home and show my face to that family. Um, If a child was having problems in school and the parent needed, some moral or um, physical support to go speak with the officials at the school. I didn't want to have to ask my boss, can I go? I wanted to be able to be there for the people that God had given me to shepherd. So that was my motivation behind, I need to supplement my income. I can't afford not to work uh, because I still needed to prepare for retirement at someday. Uh, I still had my portion of the uh that i needed to help with in our home so uh and this is what i did i started with um and i'm gonna call her name on here miss brenda liggan uh in lawrence south carolina she owns a staffing agency and a drug testing service dakota and i started with her i was i was a mobile Uh, QuickBooks at ProAdvisor, which means I drive, I would drive wherever I've had clients in Spartanburg, Inman, Lawrence, um, but of course that limits you. You can only drive so far, you can only do so many clients in a certain amount of time. So, but little did I know that would just, uh, doing COVID, it would just turn all the way around. Um, I had gotten to a point where I was tired of um, driving and going and doing, and I was kind of settling down, and I met this uh, man in Greenville named John Saffiris. Uh He was an road agent, and I went to work with him uh, because I was just tired of driving and tired of that road a little bit, so I kind of settled down with him a little bit.
0: Ah, uh, what a story. So you met John Saffiris and originally passed away. Back in february of what
1: 2021
0: one? Twenty one. 22 right. 23 yes 21 yes so and at that point you had a new business talk about that getting a new business or a, a, opportunity how, how that fell oh, in your lap and,
1: and, yeah uh dakota because i was still working with Sephiris and i still had clients outside of him i think at that time i um had maybe three or four other clients outside of him, and he worked with me and we just kind of worked my schedule. Um, and Mr. Safiris and I had talked briefly about perhaps me purchasing or taking over his um, his uh, business. He had bookkeeping and tax. Um, he had yeah, bookkeeping and tax. He was 83 when I first met him. Um, he had been an enrolled agent for 50 plus years, a very long time. Um, Mm -hmm. He had a very good book of business. I came on with him in April. The year before, in December, he had just sent a mass letter out to a lot of his clients, basically telling them, I can't do it anymore. You got to find your new accountant. So by the time I got to him, his um, bookkeeping business was down to about 12 clients. And his tax business was down to about 60, 65 clients. Uh, I went in originally only on the bookkeeping side. I got it cleaned up. A lot of it was behind. It was a lot of hard work. Um, unfortunately, COVID hit. It stopped me from doing uh, going into folks' offices because they closed. And so I was solely working with Mr. Saffiris. Um and I always say that you have to be open to what God has planned because I never ever would have went to work for this man at the rate that he was paying me. But it was something about meeting him. It was something about when I went to speak with him on a Saturday at 11 o'clock. It was a mutual friend that does computer work and that mutual friend said, you need to talk with one of my friends. and he gave me a reference and he came, left his office, came by my office and said, I told John Sephiris to call you, he's gonna be calling you. Sure enough, Mr. Sephiris called, I went in and met him, we shook hands, and that Monday I was in his office. Um, and no story, it was a lot of work, it was a mess. There was sales and use taxes that were late, that was continuously late. He was old school, paper and pencil, nothing was automated. So I cleaned it up. It took me probably about nine months to clean up and um, to challenge a lot of late fees, but somehow I did. The one thing I asked Mrs. Sapiris to do, because at one point in my career, I thought about doing just a payroll service. I wanted to do just payroll. And I said, I'm not up to par with a lot of the rules and a lot of things that go with payroll. I said, if you will teach me all of that, I'll come to work for you at this rate, this many hours a week. And he said, I promise you, I'll teach you, I'll teach you. And he was, uh, he stuck to his word and he did just that. So I can do all of the payroll stuff by hand because that's how he taught me. And then eventually I automated it. Um, And he got sick and I caught COVID first. He caught it second uh, from a client that came and not to even see us, but to see someone else in the office next to us, stopped by and spoke with Mrs. Zafiris because they knew him. Um, On my birthday, I went home. I was sick, December the 10th. Um, I was really sick and I knew I had COVID. And before I could get back in the office, he called and said, I'm sick, Tracy, I've got COVID. And that was December the 12th. And I never heard from him again, unfortunately, in February. Of the next year, he passed after COVID complications. Um, hmm. His family, uh, we pulled together and we were able to make it through tax season in um, 21. Um, and after the tax season, um, I basically told them, um, you know, we had talked about it a little bit, but there was so much going on. But um, I remember very, May 1st, I said, uh, I'm going to open up my own office um, I'm not gonna you know you guys tell me what you want to do and of course they wanted to sell they wanted to sell the book of business together because I only wanted to purchase the bookkeeping. I had never really I could do taxes but that wasn't my thing I was not set up as a an e-filer etc but they wanted to sell the book of business together we came up with a um, we came up with a plan, and I decided to buy the whole book. Um, although the uh, um, the tax business was much smaller than the bookkeeping business, the bookkeeping business I wanted. I could tell that was his um, meat and potatoes, and it kept things going on a monthly basis. And so we um, we worked a phenomenal deal where I did not have to pay anything down. I made um, a, you know a monthly stipend. We, you know, came up with an agreement how much that book of business, the bookkeeping business was um, and divided that over three years and that's what I paid every month, so. Um, and I am happy to say that in May, I will be done. It will be three years and I will be done. Yay, I'm so excited uh, to have that debt behind me. <laughs> uh, so that's a little bit how I got with uh, Mrs. Sephiris. Excuse me, I'm sorry. That's a little bit of how I got with um, Mrs. Safiris. And um, you want to ask some more questions? I'll let you ask some questions.
0: What a story right there. What a story. I mean, talk about how important it is for succession planning.
1: Well, Nicola, that is very important, and sadly to say, especially in our community, in our churches, in this day and time, there's not enough of that. Absolutely. Um, So I am succession planning really in two places, um, in ministry at the church, uh, because I am, I say to my husband and to my children all the time, I do not want to be 70, 75 years old, dragging myself to a pulpit, to preach because I have to. Um, And I told even the staff at the church is that there are other things that I would like to do in ministry other than be confined to pulpit ministry. Um, I I wanna go back to school. I wanna write a Christian curriculum. I want to travel presenting that uh, curriculum. So I am looking and searching and and I'm praying, God, who's next? because I know that I that there's more for that ministry and that with someone else at the ham, that God's gonna do even greater things. Um, because I am the owner of this business, it does allow me a unique opportunity to hire and to bring those in that I feel are a good fit. And currently my granddaughter um, is working for me. Um, She's in school and she works part-time here. She's got her uh, QuickBooks certification. And I do want to leave a legacy. When I phase out of the scene on the ministry side and the work side, I don't want my businesses and the work that I've done to just collapse. All of the air go out of it. And so I'm training. I've recently presented my children with the opportunity to come and to start learning the business for minimal hours of course it's a sacrifice i can't pay them what they make on their regular jobs so it would be a sacrifice and my youngest son uh, i was very surprised uh, in fact oops thing fell down sorry about that in fact my youngest son started yesterday coming in to learn the business he's going to start with quickbooks not the tax part He's gonna start with QuickBooks, just kind of learning that about 10 to 12 hours a week. So that is so pleasing to me, is that one day that I can give them the opportunity that I was given to say, hey, this is what this book of business is worth. This is how I want you to pay me for it. (laughs) So um, I don't want it to be all gone when I decide to leave, so.
0: That's amazing because you have two generations after you who you're raising up. Your yes. son and your granddaughter,
1: that's awesome. And yes, yes,
0: yes, so. Wow, so what have been some of the challenges of you buying a book of business? I mean, talk about that.
1: <laughs> that you inherit everybody else's terrible habits. <laughs> um, uh, when you get, when you get, business for yourself you get to train them from day one how you want them to respond what you want them to do unfortunately when you purchase a book of business whatever bad habits the prior accountant allowed and implemented you get all of that um, I've had this book of business now almost three years and I um, I immediately went from a paper and pencil and a data entry accounting system to QuickBooks. And with that came increase in fees. So we had to increase their their fees that they paid to me. And it was a challenge. I had three clients to leave the book of business because they didn't want to pay that. Uh, One client I was just not able to serve. It was a a large nonprofit and I gave them to someone else. So there was some losses in the beginning, but I felt Dakota that it was better to lose that now than to get all the way down the road. And I was not able to service that customer. It was constant fees and um, you know, the books are messed up. They got penalties and entries from the different state and federal agencies. So um, there there are definitely some challenges. You inherit all of it, not just the money, not just the clients, but all of the bad habits as well.
0: Mm. So you and I partner, you and, and Sandra graciously brought me in to help you out for one season and it was challenging as well. But talk about being able to collaborate people with people in the industry, because I think that's something that people, I guess, I hate to tend to do because I feel like a competitive, but it's like there's not money out, out there for all of us to win.
1: I am so 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 glad that you uh, talked about that. I'm so glad because I am of the mindset um, in my earlier days when I was in sales and uh, building my reputation and building my brand. Networking was one of my go-to's. I felt that at that time, networking. I did a lot of it. Uh, most of my days were filled with networking. I believe in networking, I know it works. Um, I was in the B&I group for seven, eight years as a a life specialist with Allstate. I was the president. I was an education coordinator. So many aspects. And I will say I made a lot of money, a lot of sales being a part of um, that networking group and others as well. So, number one, it's important. It is important. I think that you get great ideas. You gain strength from other folks, um, especially by collaborating. And you know, two brains are always better than one. Uh, And I think that all of us need that trusted person or team that we can go to when there are issues uh, in our own office or if you're just unsure about a client or how to deal with something. Uh, Collaboration in this day, I think, is the way to go. I believe that we need one another. Um, And I also believe that there's enough money out there for everybody to make. And you know, uh, I'm the first to say I can't handle this or this is not my expertise here. You can take it. If I can't do it, if I can't, one of the things I think that set um, our firm apart, maybe from other firms, is that I will forego some money and some fees if I'm not able to service you. I would rather keep you as a good client slash customer and you will continue to refer than to continue to try to service you. And I'm not competent in order to do that. So, you know, you just mess up so many things. In fact, this um, tax season, a very good client. Uh, he has six, um, six businesses and growing. I referred him out to the CPA for his taxes this year because I knew that it was just a little bit more than I had the time to delve into and to do it. And I believe that um, he would be, and I know that he's already referred me someone, a huge bookkeeping client, so I'm ecstatic about that. But I know that someone else could service him better in that area
0: i agree i mean because i had a big client too and i'm glad it's gone because it was so big i thought i could handle it but it's like mm-mm. and now i know my limit with bookkeepers like this is just this is what i can handle if i can't handle it i prefer it out somebody else because i don't want to be right. like again be like trying to struggle to get things done and you struggling to meet deadlines i got top of it. i
1: i agree dakota and i would prefer to take a client by the hand, so to speak, and sit them in front of someone that I know and I trust, Then, for them to leave the office not satisfied and they're out there trying to look for someone or, and they get a worse experience. And if they do, they're gonna always refer back to the person where they started, well, I had to leave because Tracy didn't know what she was doing, so I prefer to put you in a place uh, with people that I know and that I trust so
0: true so real quick give us some some things that two tips that you could leave the audience that they could do whether it's personal business thank you for your time tracy and you got the floor
1: did you say give you some give some tips
0: yeah just anything i mean that you want to leave with the audience anything helpful whether it's a business um, you know, you got the floor
1: When I purchased, um, I ended up purchasing a second book of business and I had a good friend to tell me this. He said that I've seen wealth transfer, but when you transfer a business or book of business from one sector of life, from one nationality of life, from one group of people to a totally different group, that's true wealth transfer. Um, And I was so pleased that God opened the door to allow me to be a part of that. And I like to say to our entrepreneurs, keep pushing, be open to new ideas. Don't get stuck in a rut just saying, oh, this is all I want to do. This is all because if I had done that, I would have missed great opportunities great opportunities so stay open keep pushing keep grinding is that i know that your plan if you work your plan it will come to pass thank you so much Dakota, for having me
0: hey tracy tracy how can people find out about you online
1: um you can go to simply tracy fleming on facebook uh quickbooks pro accountant on Instagram uh, our website is www.businessandsuchaccounting.com um, and we have an office in downtown Greenville 600 East North Street
0: all right thank you for your time Tracy
1: thank you Dakota
0: this is the your money hour podcast